run out to my mailbox because I woke up to the Amazon notification that my new uh, pop filter, my new windscreen, oh. was out for delivery. And that was two hours ago. And it is still not here. <laughs> so I, I I may have to take a five-minute pause somewhere in the middle of the episode because I am definitely swapping that shit out. Uh, I, I think I've told you the, the pop filter windscreen that I've been using is um, the one like in that package that I sent to you. Yeah. And it just got to a point where my pop filter probably moved or fell 20 times uh, in uh. the 30 minutes that it took for us to record. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm <laughs> buying a new one right now. And I did. It was 10 bucks on Amazon. Oh, sweet. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And uh, now I'm just waiting. My, my patience for this thing has run out. And how late i mean is it normal shipping time or you mean you ordered it a million years ago and it still hasn't come uh normal shipping time actually uh, okay. uh faster than normal shipping time i think i ordered it uh <laughs> yesterday morning yeah i think i ordered it saturday morning and it said yeah we can get it there for you sunday day delivery i'm like oh hell yeah <laughs> you just have an order it's like at the the one in dallas or something what do they call it? Distribution center in Dallas. Yeah, like that. yeah. But um, like, if it's not if if it's not going to be there in the next thirty minutes, please don't tell me that it's out for delivery. Well, I can't believe like Amazon does that to me all the time. They're like, they'll tell me in the morning like it's out for delivery, and then they'll tell me like it's ten stops away. Look at the map and see where it is. I'm like, I don't need all <laughs> yeah. this information about it. Like, you think I'm going to be waiting for it like a kid who like ordered something through a cereal box? Or like <laughs> that. See, that's literally me today. Yeah, it is because uh, I I just opened up my app and it says out for delivery arriving today by nine p.m. Yeah, yeah, you're like, gonna be sitting there. Okay. With your hands on your chin, just waiting by the <laughs> mailbox. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if I can see all updates uh, from from USPS. Uh, three. Okay, twelve fifty four a.m. Left an Amazon facility in Humble, Texas. Oh. Arrived at carrier facility in College Station three twenty nine. Transferred to another carrier for delivery. College Station three forty two. Arrived at carrier facility in College Station six forty four. Out for delivery. College Station six fifty five. So, I'm I'm guessing Amazon deli- uh, delivery drivers are probably very busy around here, being a college town. Yeah. So I could get it anytime between right now and 9 p.m. Just deter- just uh, depends on the route that they're currently on. Yeah, we've been. I, sometimes I'll get like, oh yeah, that was delivered today, and then it wasn't there, but then it shows up tomorrow, and I'm like, maybe that's just a driver like trying to meet a quota and like picking up the slack. The next that might be it. Like that, that might be it. See, that happened to Grace recently. She ordered a, a shirt from Erie Apparel, and it was uh, one of the uh, Joe the orangutan shirts because yeah. he just died. Uh. And she got like the notification that, hey, yeah, your package has been delivered, and it wasn't. Yeah. And then she waited another day, the next day, the day after that. It didn't come. Two weeks go by, and like she still doesn't have this shirt. So she calls... The post office, she files a dispute, and they say, yeah, we don't know what happened to it. <laughs> and and uh, lo and behold, like, a, a week after that, the shirt finally shows up, and they actually <laughs> called and left her a voicemail saying, hey, we found it, we're so sorry, and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know I don't know how that happens. Granted, I've never worked in a post office, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a million ways that a package can be 
can be lost or, or misplaced, like e- even excluding human error type of things. Yeah. Yeah, you think of Amazon and the post office and UPS, all those, like, it's one of those things you think of as like a machine, but you're like, there's yeah. just humans running it. Think of how many mistakes you make in a day. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's one of these things we think is like infallible, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, no. Yeah, just because there's like so many things that can go wrong. 99% of the time it is for you, but like the one time it goes wrong, it's like, <laughs> you're just the lucky one today. Like somebody else, like yeah. everybody else got their yeah. delivery. It's like just the one, like there's people <laughs> behind it. Like they're delivering yeah. it. And, you, you, don't, yeah. you don't hear the, the hundreds of thousands upon millions of stories of all the deliveries that went according to plan. Yeah. I, I mean, I ordered something from Amazon and it got here in two days. Uh, Whoa, you wouldn't believe it. Like, oh yeah, no, I, actually, actually I would. That's. That's how it's supposed to happen. That's usually how it happens. <laughs> yeah. Did you see, by the way, speaking of Amazon boxes and stuff, did you see the picture I put on Twitter of all of the boxes in my basement? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was just, that was literally one week's worth. So whenever well, we have When a is you guys' recycling I, day? It's Thursday. Okay. So every Thursday, I go down to the basement. I break down all the boxes because I break them down before I throw them down there. Guess who the only member of the family is that does that? I already told you. It's me. Uh, everybody else <laughs> chucks boxes down there um, that are completely you know, that are not broken down yet. So every Thursday, I go down there, break down all the boxes, and I put them put them outside. Well, this was, you know, uh, first of all, Sarah gets something from Amazon at least once a day. So sometimes it's like five things, sometimes it's like one thing. But every Jesus. day she gets like you know a, bu- a ton of boxes from Amazon and, and Target and stuff. Uh, and then we had Easter too, so there was all the packaging that the toys came in and stuff. Uh, so it just it was like <laughs> just insane by Thursday, uh, and I had to wrangle it. Oh my god, something manageable. Yeah, but it was it it took like it's at the bottom of the steps, and it was up to I think at least the onto the third step. So it had like covered Holy two steps shit, completely. Dude. I think I know, I know, insane. We order a lot and go through a lot of boxes. <laughs> Even Declan calls it the dump. Like whenever he has a piece of like a cardboard box, like from Legos or something, he can't wait to like, I'll throw this in the dump. Like he loves throwing. It's you know, it's fun. I think it's fun like throwing things down the stairs. So who wouldn't? You know, who wouldn't? Like it? Uh, all right, should we get going? Yeah, might as well. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season one, episode seven, Amco. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Wire? Uh, Nothing. We had no homework, and I could not track down any trivia and or tidbits about this whole episode. Wow. I know. All right. So let's just go right to the book. This may be an even shortier, shortier shorty than than we're used to. Uh, In in this episode, from the in this episode section of the book, uh, I'll rise. I'm assuming everyone's standing now when I say. Yeah, okay. yeah. Every, everyone's everyone's up. Everyone's got their hats yeah. off. <laughs> everyone's got their hands over their hearts. Uh, the little brown book that Larry loses is the same book David carries in his pocket for writing down ideas. So that was not a prop little brown book. That was the real thing we were looking at, I guess. <laughs> That's actually really cool. I know. I feel like it should be in the Smithsonian or something. I'd love to see the old books full of. But he probably, you know, he probably has ideas that he doesn't use so even an old book would be valuable because someone could see an idea in there that they could do something with but i would love to just look through one of them and and see the ideas that that don't work or whatever compare that to all of the books that you've used over the course of this podcast yeah exactly yeah no those should be in the smithsonian i will give season one episode one i will give the pilot season notebook to the smithsonian if they want it (laughs) um it reminds uh, you know controversy noted but woody allen does the same thing i know i there's I, i remember um 
a documentary or something where he was showing people all these, you know, his notebook full of ideas and he just like picked one up at random and read it or something like that. So um, it's something creative <laughs> people do. I mean, uh, these days, I'm sure you and I both have the note in our phones, right? Of like, oh, yeah, I got to write that. It's like if I don't, every time I go, oh, I'll remember that later. The only thing I remember later is there was something really important that I said I was going to remember later. And then I can't think <laughs> of what it is. So I have, you know, my the, the notes app and I have about six notes going at, at once in my notes app, like one still for kind of like show and radio ideas and and then mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. other random, you know, bits of information about local stuff. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've got way too many notes, but I don't delete mine. I just kind of let them fall off my screen until yeah. I have to scroll to see them and I'm not worried about them anymore. Yeah. Like I still have notes from Bloodsport. I and still that's... have notes from uh season nine of Seinfeld because I I just got this phone at the end of October. Yeah. And so my first note was from uh November fifth, the reverse people. <laughs> uh okay, so back to the book. Also in this episode, David Larry David had an ugly hanging wire obscuring his view from his own house, and he and his wife, Lori, looked into burying it, decided it, but decided it was just too expensive. I know it's hard to believe that I would draw the line somewhere, but it's the principle. I don't see how losing the wire would appreciably improve my life. So he's the opposite of that tree guy from Documentary Now you were talking about. He was, you know, there, there was an amount of money where he's like, you know, it's just not worth it at this point. I, I don't, I don't yeah. care that much. So, <laughs> uh, but again, another plot line ripped from real life. So what were they thinking from the what they were thinking section? Wayne Fetterman, who played Dean, said, I think the improv process is easier for comics than actors. You listen, you react, you don't have to memorize anything. People are used to that structured Hollywood dialogue, but it's not even close to how real people talk. Uh, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus said, I was playing myself, although, to be honest, I'm not as aggressive as I come off. I don't tend to be so confrontational in life, and neither does Larry. Uh, so I think that's true. Everyone on the show, if they're playing themselves, I think is playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm character of themselves. Yeah. I think we're going to find. <laughs> Richard Lewis probably isn't as... Maybe he's more neurotic in real life or something, and they get him to tone it down. That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Larry, I know, has said the Curb Your Enthusiasm, and even George, when writing George, I think to an extent, was how he wanted to react in a moment. So he would bring a moment to the show, like, well, this happened to me. You know what I should have said? Then put that in the episode. Uh, so that's the Larry David that we see here, the person that he, that, the person that he aspires to be, just because it happens to be kind of a... <laughs> Kind of not a person anyone should aspire to be uh, is, I guess, what's so comedic about it. So they have a, they have a big text box here that says Davidism. And it says okay. sources, sources, how Larry describes the subjects of his sexual fantasies. Sophia Loren was once a source. I know my sources. Did he say that in this episode? The Wire? I don't remember that. I don't know. Uh, so I guess this is like a little, uh, like kind of a, a Larry David glossary, you know, Larry David Urban Dictionary kind of thing, Davidism. So <laughs> Urban David Dictionary, or David? I don't know. <laughs> 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 I thought I could fit it there. Um, yeah. So that so when he says source, he means something. He means um, what did they call it in uh, the forty year old virgin? The spank bank. There you go. Sources is how he describes <laughs> this spank bank. So, all right, uh, you may be seated. Uh, that's all from the book. All right, do we have any, like, news or anything? I know we, we typically don't really do news anymore. Yeah, I, I have a um, kind of a bit of pod news. Uh, so okay. this uh, a friend of mine, I think I've talked about him on the show. He does Tim Loves the Olympics, Tim Putry. Um, and he 
hooked me up with these guys that he did a podcast with called This Is The Best Podcast. And they reached out and we're going to record an episode of the best Seinfeld side characters. So they, yes. Yeah. So the, um, (laughs) the the show is all about like, all right, we're going to decide what the best serial is, what the best street fighter character is. The episode Tim was on obviously was the, what was, what's the best uh, summer Olympic sport. It's pretty broad, but I think that's what they like about it. They're like, you know, we can revisit (laughs) Seinfeld later, but cause I, I I was throwing out like, all right, what about when when Tim brought it to me, he was like, they want to do the best, uh, girlfriends from the show or the best significant others like oh and, um, man and i was like oh that's cool uh but then when they reached out they were like yeah we just want to do and and you know what girlfriends falls under that as they yeah, pointed out very true. So, but I, I i was like we could do um best job you know a, a lot of people had different jobs throughout the whole thing or you could even pick Be- best food comic. i best food was the other one i suggested yeah i was like best food totally but yeah, so I think this will be it's I, I initially didn't like how broad it was, but it um, you can probably guess. So it's it's probably out now and I don't know what they're going to pick. But can you guess who my number one is? Uh, so it's, it's anybody side the, character. Yeah. So it's anybody except the big four. That's the only rule. Uh, gotta be, uh, gotta be George's dad. Yeah, bingo, Frank Costanza. Okay. That's exactly the first. I was like, th- this conversation begins and ends with Frank <laughs> Costanza. Um, so let me see who else I, because uh, I've been taking notes. Was on it li- was it like well. a top five? I think normally when it's just them, they do five, and then they decide which one they think is the best, and then they, um, if they agree, that's great. I've I've never heard an episode where they agree, but I've only listened to two. Uh, they'll that's flip cool. a they'll flip a coin to figure out which one's the actual best. <laughs> So uh, after Frank Costanza, do you have anybody else? Who who would you pick? Uh oh my God, probably Putty. Yes, Putty's my number two. Yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then just so I you don't... and I don't normally think alike. This is really <laughs> yeah. weird. Um, and so for my third one, I was like, these are just so such basic bitch picks that I have to throw a total curveball <laughs> at them. And so, w- do you have any idea who my number three could be? It's it's actually it's two side characters who I've combined into one. Um, oh man, uh, Jerry's parents. No, no. Oh, I, that's, okay, that's good. It's uh the pool guys, the locker room attendants from the pool guy season seven episode eight. So they're the ones who pester Jerry <laughs> in the locker room about being friends with Ramon. I they just they sprang to mind immediately. But once I was like, well, I need to go a little bit more, you know, mainstream than this. And, and Frank Costanza beats these guys hands down, of course. And so does Putty. But for like one-off characters that were so memorable. So they they meet Jerry in the locker room. And they're like, hey, we heard you hung out with Ramon. He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, we we, we ran into each other. And like, and they're like, oh, are you going to see him? you going to see him again? You know, and, and one guy is just standing behind <laughs> the guy that's talking and laughing. Do you remember this pair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. yeah. And he's like, all right, well, I, I got to go. Do you see Ramon? <laughs> I just love I love that whole thing. Um, but let me – here are some other names that I wrote down. Is there is there anyone you haven't thought of that you think maybe in my honorable mention or, or who, you, who you would go with uh, for your number three, say? Because there's, there's some big tomatoes hanging out there, you know? Uh, Kenny Banya? Banya's a big one. I, I didn't write it down, but, yeah, I mean, of course – I mean, I mean, he's probably the most quoted side character. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah, totally. Uh, Newman, I think, is a huge one, and and I love yeah, Newman, but yeah. but I, you know, I, I again, I couldn't have another basic pick in this in my top three. I'm supposed to be like an um, expert, you know. Kathy Griffin. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, that's the thing. They do say 
who's who they, before they announced the best they're like all right what's the worst what's the worst <laughs> breakfast cereal what's the worst and and everybody talks about what they think is the worst so i said not sally weaver yeah <laughs> who i i agree is annoying as a character but when we watched those episodes we were like the, the episodes aren't bad that she's in and she's no. a she's a foil your foil's not supposed to be likable like she's hateable yeah. for a reason like there's there's uh, plot holes in the episode that oh, yeah. you're just supposed to like. <laughs> she gets a new hour long HBO special every week, for instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, they're sitting at home watching the new Sally Weaver. I'm like, every single week. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, for this up and comer who can't even fill like a downstairs bar. In, yeah, you know, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, that should be sold out, but it's not. <laughs> uh, okay, what's the show called? Uh, this is the best podcast. This is the best podcast. Yeah, uh, and but so my worst character I picked was Tina, Elaine's roommate in three episodes. Who just you know, I think both of us kind of despise the way that she's like, Alan, what are you done? Like she she has this horrible way of talking, and and she was a bad roommate. You know, like the the kitchen was trashed after they made whatever horribly smelling food they were making at the time, and and she has sex on the couch in the common area with Kramer. <laughs> for crying out loud so yeah tina i think is is the worst uh so that's my but i also wrote down so i wrote down mr kruger i almost want to like just throw my street cred out the door and put mr kruger at number three i think he would be my number three but remember also how much we love jackie childs that's very true uh and george steinbrenner i've I always loved some george steinbrenner and i thought for an off the wall pick this would have been a good one bob sacamano who is an unseen side character. Yeah. That's how tertiary he is. Uh, but he's mentioned by Kramer in a ton of episodes, so I thought that would have been a fun one. But uh, but I'm, I'm sticking with my top three. They're, uh, they're laminated, as it were. So, yeah, so check that out. This is the best podcast. We'll see what those guys uh, have to say about the best side yeah. characters and uh, which one actually is the best when we wrap up. I will, I will try and uh, drop a link in the description if it is out uh, by the time that this publishes, it doesn't look like it is out yet. No, no, I haven't recorded. It's on Tuesday. We're recording it on oh. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So then it'll probably come out uh, the day after this goes up on Patreon, but the Monday before this comes out on the free feed. Yes. Yeah. So whenever you're listening to this, check it out and see if it's there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when they, I don't know when they release or anything. They're they're even on like a super long hiatus. This has been like three or four months in the. I think December is when Tim told me about it, <laughs> or maybe it, was it looks a- like they they've uh, had two episodes come out so far yeah. post hiatus. They had a Monday, which was the 18th, ah. and they had April 11th, uh, which was also Monday. Okay. Before that was August 19th, 2021. So it looks like they're on a Monday schedule. Yeah, so maybe it was even because he was on during the Summer Olympics. So I think it was yeah July 30th, yeah. 2021. Yeah, yeah. So they're back. Check it out. Um, okay. Uh, any other? Uh, news or tidbits or anything? No, I think that's it. All right. Uh, if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last... Oh, God, how did we get here? 27 <laughs> minutes being exclusively bullshit. 
Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes in chronological order. Uh, or actually, no. I, I, guess, I guess that's how I used to yeah. used to start the, the show. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. Uh, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet it's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. If you like what you hear, you can give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we will send you a no hugging, no learning sticker, free of charge. We just need your mailing address. You can get that to us however you want. If you want to support us monetarily, you can always do so. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Uh, it's not a lot of money at all. I mean, you're you're uh, you're gonna lose this much money in a month. Mm. Uh, if, if you don't, if you don't spend it on us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's gonna get you early releases of every main episode by one week, uh, except for that one time. And it's also gonna get you two, some most of the time, movie reviews every single month and clipped content out of all of most of our episodes. Do you like all of my annotations <laughs> in that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is all legally legally binding annotations. It's, it's all legally binding annotations. Uh, but I I I really do think that uh, for the money that we're charging people, we're giving you a lot of content. Yeah. So please check us out. Try, quality. Yeah, content. a lot a lot of quality content because we can give you shit qua- <laughs> shit content. We could, but yeah. we're not. We're I'm- not, baby. I, every time I go into it, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do as little work as possible for this episode, and then we knock it out of the park. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, God, this movie sucked. I, <laughs> this review will be 45 minutes long. Two hours later. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, please please check out patreon.com slash nohugging. Even if you subscribe for a month and you unsubscribe, that's totally fine. It, it, it doesn't have to be your cup of tea, but check it out. Why not? Sure. All that being said, Season 1, Episode 7, AMCO, original air date, November 26, 2000. If you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see a radio commercial causes Larry to crash Jeff's beloved car during a test drive. It's not totally it's accurate. Not, it's not. I think we're going to have to fix it. It's not, it's, it's not, it won't take a ton of work, but I, yeah. I think we're going to have to fix it. Uh, so we start with Jeff and Larry walking down the street. And thanks to some great signage, I was able to figure out that this was Broadway in historic downtown Santa Monica's Bayside District. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. I saw the sign for Lone Wolf Fine Cigars and Accessories. <laughs> and in Googling them, Ted, I can tell you there's an unnerving amount of firearms dealers who just love the name Lone Wolf. Oh, is, uh, you don't say. Yeah. You don't say. It was I'm sure a lot of them love having the Punisher logo at, on their signs, you know too, what? I, right? I bet, I bet there was a few. I didn't I didn't click through, but I was like, how come all I'm seeing... Because all I could see was accessories. I was like, okay, Lone Wolf accessories. And it was like, Lone Wolf firearms and accessories. Lone Wolf firearm accessories. Lone Wolf firearms. I was like, geez, first of all, get an original idea. Second of all... <laughs> Are you? Why are you playing into that? Shouldn't you guys be like? It's not like the um, National Rifle Association's like the official association of lone wolves. Like that's something Ugh. that most gun owners, I would hope, would go. Oh yeah, no, that's that's not something we want to be associated with. But no, all these guys are like, if you're a lone wolf and you want to do as much damage as possible, we're your hunting buddies. 
It's uh, it was unnerving, let me say. But this is Lone Wolf Fine Cigars and Accessories, which was at 223B Broadway, uh, as I mentioned in the Bayside district there. I don't think this is where Bayside High School is uh, from the Saved by the Bell universe. But it is one of the oldest established and still existing tobacco merchants on the West Coast. But what's weird is that it says established in 1996. I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, wait, that that's one of the oldest? <laughs> I mean, I know that tobacco was more of a, you know, colonial. So you think North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Surely they that's had one of the oldest on the West Coast. <laughs> Maybe just they're Holy talking about shit. Maybe they're just talking about this retail location or something. I have no idea, but because this this original location opened up in 1996, it is since closed and they have moved to a new location on Wilshire. Uh, it looks like 11950 Wilshire. Maybe they maybe they were open in a place before 96. I would hope so. Yeah, and then this <laughs> that like like they were just a a merchant or a, a trader or something, and then they opened this physical location in 96 that's what i'm hoping happens because they're like established in 1996 (laughs) what uh that's it's a relatively new but we're still one of the oldest because it does say one of the oldest i mean that could count everybody before you know just um not include everybody from 97 or after you know it's like well these are all the oldest um i also want to know how people in la give out addresses when it's 11950 i guess it could be that because i said like oh they're at 11950 wilshire i was like that can't be the way that they give directions i think it is really it is like yeah why why wouldn't it be 11950 or 11950 11950 seems so much easier to say i guess so i guess so yeah, I do, it just there. That's a long ass. I mean, you're, like, you're you're not you're not repeating a phone number. Yeah, please take me to yeah, a yeah. one one nine five <laughs> zero Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have, one of my favorite Kevin James stand up bits was when he was talking about how when people <laughs> don't give the phone number in the correct rhythm, he's like ba 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 ba. He's like, yeah, give me a call. It's uh seven five seven two ninety three. Like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> that's not the way you do it. We have an agreed upon phone number rhythm. Uh, so I don't know if there's a, but if that's just like a long ass address, like start a new street when you get to the, the 10,000s. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so this location, by the way, that they're walking past is for lease on Google Maps still. So nobody has moved into the original oldest and uh. still existing tobacco merchant uh, <laughs> retail location on the West Coast. But they're talking, and Jeff is buying a 57 Chevy convertible, and he's psyched about it. Uh, Jeff and Larry are hit up by a guy for change, a homeless man, and Larry offers him tuna. Maybe they just are leaving lunch or something like that, but the guy doesn't like tuna. And so, Larry, they don't have change or anything, so that that's... Larry's kind of surprised that the guy turned down any food, because he's obviously homeless. Yeah, obviously, whenever you're whenever you're homeless, you have to uh, throw away all of your food preferences. Yes, yeah, yeah. You have to. Beggars cannot be choosers. Literally, is where a- that comes. A- absolutely, from. <laughs> absolutely. But you know what this reminds me of? The muffin tops. How the homeless people were offended when at, um, by getting the stumps from top of the muffin oh, yeah. to you. Yeah. And they're like, you think because we're homeless, we're just going to eat stumps? Like, you can give us your stumps and we'll be happy with that. Uh, so it's obviously something that rattles around in, in Larry David's head that is that has come back up. I'm pretty sure he was still with the show at that point. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing to think that like, oh no, I 
Like, if, what if he's allergic to tuna? I mean, he didn't say that, but like, what if? Um, yeah, what if? But I guess that's even that's even worse than like if you don't want to eat something, you you shouldn't have to eat it, even if you're even if you're homeless. <laughs> but Larry's surprised by that. Uh, back at home, Larry walks outside uh, to find Cheryl with her friend Julie. And she's returning sour grapes, which she borrowed on VHS, a beautiful VHS copy oh of my sour grapes. <laughs> By the way, did you notice when he walked outside? We do get a, an idea of how close the answering machine is to the patio where they were standing. Oh with no, Dean I didn't notice this last episode. Yeah, it's, so the patio is right off of the kitchen. I still agree that it, you know, it would be ignorable if you were out there with somebody, and it's got a long way to travel, and you're outside with and with, with the door noise. shut. It, I, the door was probably shut. Yeah, yeah. But even if it wasn't, I mean, it it it's cl- it's in the next room, but you're also outside, and and there's a lot going on. Still, still questionable. But uh, Julie, you know, Cheryl asked Julie what she thought of it, and Larry's like, "Don't put her on the spot." Like, <laughs> yeah, that. Um, and th- it just reminds me. I'm sure you've had the same thing where someone finds out you're on the radio, and then you're like, oh, that's great, you know, and then, then some, some, someone delves, I'm thinking of my mom who delves deeper and like, oh, yeah, yeah, you like listening, what do you like about it? So, like, no, don't, they were just being nice, again, don't delve any further into the fact that, like, they saw sour grapes. We don't need to know what she <laughs> thought of it, because now she has to lie. Um, yeah, she says, it was interesting. <laughs> it was a good length. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and Larry starts asking her, oh, you like the length, what about the, what about the width? Yeah, yeah. I'm really uh, good at length. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing, length. Uh, and and she's like, oh, and the expressions on the characters' faces—that's another thing oh she my liked. God. <laughs> that was hilarious. So all like innocuous, meaningless things that she like, you know, not the story was good or the resolution or whatever. Yeah, um, saying literally nothing about the movie the whole time. Yeah, length and the characters' faces, and it was interesting. And by the way, Patreon, if you want to join, we did review Sour Grapes, you know, for our second episode, I think, because it was, was that our second? Yeah, yeah, because it was Larry David's foray into motion pictures after uh, Seinfeld ended. So that's a good episode. It's a good one. So Julie leaves and she's like, oh, can't wait to see you at the dinner party this Friday. And uh, it's at Larry and Cheryl's. uh, But their caterer canceled for personal reasons, which Larry doesn't like, because you can just say that and get away with anything. Jeff's neighbor is a caterer. Cheryl doesn't like taking Jeff's recommendation for anything, but Larry's like, if you know something, he knows food. So, you know, <laughs> we can trust him on this. So she's like, fine, call, call this. Um, and as Julie leaves, Larry doesn't believe that she liked the movie. Cause a, she did say like, Oh, I, I enjoyed it. And enjoying it is not the same as liking it. Larry says, which I think he's got a point there. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it. Uh, it, I, I like Larry's, idea behind the dinner party too where he says you know what what is this compulsion to have people over to your house and serve them food and talk to them the way the disdain he said (laughs) all of those things people tend to like and enjoy having your friends over eating food with your friends (laughs) talking to your friends (laughs) he says it with such like why would anyone want to have people over to your house feed (laughs) them and talk to them On Larry's side, though, they are not his friends. Yeah, and, that's and true. I'm really thinking they're not even Cheryl's friends. Yeah, it seems like it. Maybe they're just neighbors or something. Either neighbors or like acquaintances or yeah. or like book club people. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Part so, of some it's like group some Cheryl, like some yeah. level of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he bets Cheryl that he won't have a good time, and the bet is a BJ in the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
what would she get out of anything if he had a good time? Just that's a, that's what Larry thinks of himself. Like, well, me having a good time is reward enough for you. But if I don't have a good time, I get roadhead. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. That's a like Larry loses nothing. If he has a good time, he has a good. But Cheryl doesn't get anything if she wins. <laughs> um, so over at Jeff's, uh, the na- Jeff's office, his neighbor will be doing the party. She can cater the party, so that's great. They have a caterer now, and Larry was always happy with. He was like, "Why, why do we need a caterer? I'm happy with Swanson's frozen dinner." And Jeff agrees. <laughs> the potatoes are were great in Swanson's frozen dinner. <laughs> Uh, and I'm with Larry, you know, like I, I know good food when I have it, but I also, you know, my favorite lunch is Totino's party pizza. Like if you put, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I'm becoming more cognizant of the fact as I, as I get to be an older adult that like, I, I love having good food. I yeah. love going out for like a good meal, but I'm also totally happy going to Circle K for lunch and getting the shittiest pulled pork <laughs> sandwich I've ever had. And a microwavable breakfast sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, it, it, like they, they satisfy two totally different pleasure centers in my brain. Yeah, I'm definitely just an eat-to-live person. Like, I don't, you know, sust- any sustenance is, is fine with me if I if it just has things I like, like <laughs> cheese and pepperoni and, and hot sauce. <laughs> um, but also, I've been to some great restaurants and had some amazing meals there. I'd love, and yeah, maybe like, if I, I, I could get- afford it, I'd do that every single day. But maybe yeah, that's what yeah. it is too. Like, I I can definitely like appreciate a good meal when I have it. Yeah. But I'm also not going to turn down like a, a free hot dog after yeah. a wrestling show is over. Like, hey, we made too many, and these are just going to get thrown away. Do you guys want a hot dog or do you want some nachos? I'm like, fuck yes, I do. A million percent. Million percent. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, anything in the microwave is fine. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm with. Li- but also, you know, it's not just money. Like it's time. Who who has time to like make a gourmet meal for every single? Oh, I'm not going to put anything in my mouth. That it's just it's also <laughs> it's also that. And Jeff has to. He was hurt about his feelings were hurt about something, and he wants to talk to Larry about it. And it's that Larry didn't <laughs> congratulate him on his new car. <laughs> Which he's sincere, like he, yeah, he, yeah, and and Larry didn't know. But as I thought about this, I was like, "That's really dumb." But I was like, "Man, people all the time post their new cars on Facebook, and like, there's a bunch of, you know, I think that's an extension of like, of of this from the year 2000. Like, yeah, oh, congratulations. I don't know if anybody whose feelings would be hurt, but it is like posting a picture of your new baby or something, you know? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. cool, well, it's cool, nice car, congrats. So Jeff is sincerely hurt, and he's like, you know, let's go for a drive in it right now. Uh, and he wants Larry to try it out and drive it. So on the drive, Larry stops at a stop sign, and an Amco commercial comes on. And as I talked about in the at the end of last week's episode, the Amco commercials were very famous for doing this. Double A, beep, beep, MCO. It was, you know, just a, it was the same as like by Menon or any one of the well-known commercial tags in the... I don't know when they started. I'll tell you what, I'm just going to write down the the commercial and see when they when they <laughs> okay. started for some homework. Yeah, cuz I I know I grew up with it. It existed before I I did. So, um it was a thing forever. And we did we decide whether Amcos are still around or not? Uh I haven't heard this particular one at least. Yeah, but are they are the transmission shops still around or I don't I can't think of the last time I saw one, but it may be a regional thing, you know. I think um, they might be. 
Might have to. Um, well, let me just see if there's any around here. I can do a quick search, but then otherwise, I'll you know, we'll yeah. We'll, there's we'll well, there's there. one uh, a tenth of a mile away from my house. Yeah, there's one. Wow, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> you must not turn that way to go anywhere important. Yeah, I wow. have. Wow, it is very close. Oh my <laughs> lord. I, I'm looking at the map and like I'm zoomed all the way in. And you see your house. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I can see my house. Okay, if I leave my house, I turn left onto the main road. I'm going one. I'm going not even uh, like not even uh, more. Well, I would say two blocks down. It is literally two five. It, Google says it is a five minute walk. Home. Oh my gosh! I can't believe you've never even noticed it. But well, why would you have a reason to? Yeah, uh, I mean, I haven't had a a, a need for a transmission shop, <laughs> thankfully. Um, there's but, three around here. There's none near, none that close to me. the The closest one is six point four miles away, but still. Yeah, but uh, I I definitely haven't heard their ads yeah, if they yeah. are running ads. The ads have definitely disappeared. So it'll be interesting to see when those. I can't even think of seeing or hearing an Amco ad, even for a new ad campaign. But they're definitely gone. This one that's six point four miles from me says it's been around for twenty five years, twenty five plus years. Um. So, yeah, there's a bunch in the area. I'm just driving. Well, yeah, these are a little bit further away, but, um, yeah. So they the business is still around. Obviously, maybe they should start advertising again so people like Ted will notice when they drive by it <laughs> ten times a day. <laughs> but it was a very famous commercial. and But Larry, you know, doesn't track it or uh, as a commercial. He thinks it's the car behind him beeping that he stopped at a stop sign. So he yells at the car. The guy in the car yells back. They're cursing at each other. And the car rams the Chevy from behind and then drives off. Okay, so there is a YouTube video on (laughs) their website that says 800 pieces, 90 second spot. Oh. Should I... Here, let me see if I can just go to the main page for Am... There's a YouTube channel for Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Wow. That sounds like it. I'll watch it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do not go to Amco and say no hugging, no learning. Yeah, you will get nothing. Yeah, but so this the, this guy rams the Chevy from behind and then drives off, and they get out and they look at the damaged bumper, and then when they start driving again, it's making this rhythmic bumping sound too. So Jeff's pissed <laughs> off. Larry feels awful, possibly awkward at least. Back at home, it is the Friday night dinner party, and Larry is listening to. Just the most boring, inane talk about this guy's job. And I thought, what a great job by the actor being boring. I mean, this was was almost like that game you're talking about where he's talking for one subject, just completely monotonous, (laughs) but there's no filler and it's just one level. Yeah, we uh, are in, we're in Covina and we were in Downey. I'm running two lines right now, one in Downey, one in Covina. It's back and forth. I mean, it's just, it, it was really good acting at being completely <laughs> boring. boring yeah yeah it, it seems like it took a lot of skill to do that cheryl introduces larry to allison and kevin uh that was julie's husband who was talking about that super boring job uh and she was like oh they just got back from a cruise like you gotta take this lady on a cruise and did you catch larry's line here oh, God. Oh, i know i'm gonna take this little lady <laughs> 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 definitely a reference to him having a bad time um yeah but- yeah having a good time later. Uh, and he starts talking Jesus to Christ. Mike Duffy, uh, who, you know, points out, I think yeah. maybe he was looking at artwork. And Mike Duffy 
is actually Mike Haggerty, who you probably recognize as the vintage store owner Rudy in season five, episode 18 and 19 of Seinfeld, The Raincoats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very big in the uh, shitposting memes as the guy who said, you know, I find this whole conversation very uninteresting. <laughs> uh, people love to, to use that line. And so he's talking to this guy, Mike, who mentions Amco. And Larry thinks that Cheryl put him up to mentioning Amco because of what happened with the Chevy and haha, hilarious prank. But no, Mike really does own three Amco shops in the area. And he tells him the story about getting hit. And Mike offers to take a look at it. Because uh, he, I, I think, is this where he says that his dad had the 57 Chevy? Yeah. 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 I mean, he was like, I could take that car apart and put it back together. No problem. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I could definitely take a look at it. So it's great. Larry's happy now, but then as dinner is served, <laughs> Cheryl comes in. The, everyone enters the. Uh, did you see the lady's reaction? Maybe, maybe it was to the dining room itself. But she looks at the table and goes, "Ooh, wow!" And it's just yeah. the salad course. And I was like, "Lady, like, for fucking salad! Have, it looks like every house have you, salad." <laughs> have, have you have you not ever eaten a salad? It looks like every house salad. You can get the same. <laughs> it looks the same at TGI Fridays or Ruby Tuesdays or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. It really looked like she was reacting to the food, which you know. Um, I hope it was something with the the dining room decor. But Cheryl's like, um, how about just everyone sit everywhere, sit anywhere you want. And so Mike <laughs> positions himself at the head of the table. Where, you know, like Cheryl's pushing obviously... pushing Larry out of the way. Pushing <laughs> yeah. Larry out. And he says it's for back support. He's like, oh, I need the, the back support. And Aren't I, all the chairs the same? They look like it. Although he did reference, he did mention to, I, I guess he's talking to his wife, and he's like, oh, we should get some from with the wings. So I'm guessing it has arms, and that mm. uh, how that helps with back support, I have no idea. Put, being able know. to put your arms on the wings of the, on the arms of the chair. But that's all I could see, because I was like, back support, they're all the same. It's the same chair. <laughs> Uh, so he grabs the head of the table and Cheryl's at the other end. So obviously this was meant, this is Larry's seat. And he also takes charge for, at the dinner. He's like, uh, tell you what, everybody dig right in. We don't stand on yeah. ceremony in this house. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Jesus Christ. <laughs> he did a fantastic job just steamrolling Larry and Cheryl in this instance. Like, it's like, we don't stand on ceremony, except there is one tradition that uh, is very close to my heart, so I hope you'll join me. And he starts praying. He, d- he blesses the food uh, and, like, crosses himself. And it's the standard, like, you know, Catholic Christian thing. prayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, where you, it's it's the uh, the Last Supper, like, uh, prayer, right? No, not... Yeah, yeah. right? It's the... Uh, um, uh, Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. No, that's uh, that's um, Our Father Who Art in Heaven. He says, the, oh, that's bless right. us, O Lord, and these thy like, gifts. Whatever that one's called. And no, I only I'm, know I'm that... Catholic. Okay, yeah, well, my dad was Catholic, and so that's whenever we said the blessing, that was his go-to. Um, so I think that's like the standard Catholic blessing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it has a name, but yeah, that's the one he does and crosses him, <laughs> crosses himself, and everybody joins in. And Larry's just kind of staring off into space like at the table <laughs> while this is happening. Then he like, off after the blessing, he offers a toast. He's like, well, let, let's do a toast, like something also the host should do. Like, Yeah. And, <laughs> And he's like, to great friends or something like that. And then he asked Larry, like, did you have anything to do with that show? That show's great. (laughs) (laughs) So Larry is fed up with Mike. I mean, what a I mean, this scene had to be like not even two minutes long. And Mike Haggerty totally just blew it out of the water. Just awesome. Uh, And so he's so fed up with Mike. He just goes back to talking to the Covina guy. He's like, so you're moving to Covina? Uh, He says, so you're moving to Downey? He's like, and the guy's like excited 
as excited as this boring guy gets to talk like, no, we're moving to Covina. We are leaving Downey and moving to Covina. Uh, so in the bedroom uh, after the dinner party, this was a great line. Larry's like, so when are we getting the Young Republicans Club back together? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they sort of do a recap of just how horrible the dinner party was. Larry says he'd like some Jews next time, you know, and starts rattling off. I'd like a Cohen or a Schwartz, uh, if you can find one. And he reminds Cheryl that she lost the bet. So start thinking about that, he says. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the next day, Mike Duffy called at 7.30 in the morning, and he's feeling weird about something that happened last night. So give me a call around noon. And Larry's like, well, now I got to I gotta guess and think about this all day until I can actually talk about him. This time, this reminds me of a reverse of kind of what, well, but but Larry's not as upset about it. But when she, when Cheryl and Larry are wondering why Ted and Mary haven't called them, and he was like, "Well, you know, there was one thing that happened. I, you know, I made a uh sound when I drank out of her mom's water cup." Um, <laughs> so Cheryl kind of remembers something. She's like, "Oh, well, maybe it's Martha's Vineyard. I was talking about our house in Martha's Vineyard and about how you don't like people staying in our guest house." And I looked at his wife at that point, and she kind of gave a look like I was making sure that she heard it because they're going to Martha's vineyard and you know, maybe she thought it was that. Um, and Larry's like, well, whatever, I'm going to grab one of the apple turnovers from last night, but all the leftovers are gone. There's none of the food left over from the dinner party. <laughs> and so Cheryl <laughs> calls the caterer and the caterer took the food home. Be but even though no one told her to do that, no one told her not to do that. <laughs> Which was a great. No one. You can only hear Cheryl's side. She's like, "Oh, no one told you not to do it, so you could." Yeah. Uh, and Larry will go pick it up. She says she volunteers Larry to go pick up the food. So, at the caterer's house, <laughs> this was a great. I'm guessing. I mean, I'm guessing this was an improv, just because the whole show is. Um, she's like, "I'm gonna warn you, not everything survived the trip." And Larry's like, "Where are you coming from? The Sudan?" <laughs> 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 and she he's like where's the chicken we had a bunch of chicken left over and she's like well it and she like in a huff gets it out of the fridge she was trying to hold back chicken from him his chicken yeah. that he paid for this is i i know this uh came up i think it was in our ted and mary episode uh not everyone should be trusted to improv yeah 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 she, she was, was not good at this she was struggling a little bit i she I'll was agree with struggling that. yeah because yeah. everything larry gave her he was like, uh, 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 uh. yeah yeah even acting like somebody who's trying not to get caught in something like i think the weird guy did a better job at acting like he didn't get caught doing something he wasn't like uh, yeah in the bowling yeah. which is which was ted and mary by the way <laughs> so he had the same kind of thing where larry's confronting somebody who did something wrong and she's doing an even worse job than that guy who i liked by the way uh, but i remember you weren't a fan of but yeah she i agree this actress was uh, was a low point in the episode sorry if you're listening uh but um <laughs> so and she says she gave the rest to a homeless shelter but it's at that point that one of her catering co-workers comes in and says i dropped the food off at jeff's by the way and so larry's like oh you dropped dropped the food off at jeff's okay uh so over at jeff's larry comes in oh but yeah hang on oh, yeah. before we get over to jeff's i i did there was one line of hers that i did really like because What's she that? ends the scene 
uh, telling Larry, why don't you just go buy yourself an Apple turnover? And Larry says, I did last night. That was good. Yeah, I did buy my I did buy a bunch of food last night. Yeah. <laughs> so over at Jeff's, Larry uh, kind of sneaks up on Jeff, who is finishing some delicious leftover chicken larange and even has a big plate of apple turnovers out as well. So now like, we know. Was he going to eat all of these apple turnovers? I would say yes. I would say probably. <laughs> yeah. I think now we know why Jeff recommends this caterer. He's got a deal. You know, he's got. Um, well, as Larry says, like, is this he what gets it is? all the you leftovers. Take, yeah, he's like, you take 10% of my food, 10% of my salary. <laughs> <laughs> when he's calling Larry out on it. But Larry starts explaining the Amco guy situation and that he met this guy, Mike, who will be able to take a look at the car. Uh, so down at Amco, Mike, uh, you know, has looked. He's like, I can do it. No problem. Even offers Larry a killer deal, which is you find you pay for the parts. I'll do the labor for free. Holy shit. Labor is like yeah. 90% of any car repair I've ever had to do. Oh, yeah. my God. And Larry totally uncharacteristically says, no, I'll pay for everything. Yeah. Which I can kind of understand him not wanting to owe a favor to this guy. That's the one thing that I can see where he's like, because there was another situation, too, where he offered to pay. He was getting a deal, but he was like, no, I'll, I, I want to pay the whole thing. I don't remember what it was, though. Um, but, yeah, I would I would with like with Larry, I wouldn't want to be indebted to this guy. It seems like yeah, it might be a bad idea true. later on. But that is still like I would have taken that deal. No problem. Because, yeah, labor is like 50 bucks an hour. Um, so. And Mike's like, can I talk to you back in my office just about that? There was just something I just want to talk to you. And Jeff is like, apologize. Whatever you did, apologize immediately because he wants the <laughs> awesome deal on, on this car getting fixed. And so back in the office, Mike starts talking and Larry jumps the gun and starts apologizing uh, for the Martha's Vineyard yeah. situation. Ah, man, that was yeah, he does. <laughs> that was rough. But Mike actually wanted to apologize to Larry about taking the head chair <laughs> and taking charge of the the meal. But he's like, but uh, but you know what? Yeah, let, let's talk about Martha Vineyard for a second. Because Larry tries to like keep he the conversation. The yeah, Larry yeah. tries to keep the conversation on the chair and how it wasn't a big deal to him and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But no, Mike wants to divert back to Martha's Vineyard. This, this escalated very quickly. And it was uh, honestly pretty hard to like decipher like what was being said because both guys were talking yeah. at the same time and sometimes about totally different things yeah 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 yeah. larry it seemed like was trying not to didn't want to hear you know didn't want mike to continue he should have stopped when he was ahead or not even started uh as it were but yeah mike really it's like mike was triggered by the words martha's vineyard because i'm sure him and his wife did talk about that on the way home but that's not you know what whatever we're not going to bring it up we go to martha's vineyard and have a good time we don't need their guest house but when larry said martha's vineyard he's like yeah you know what let's talk about martha's vineyard since you brought it up uh and he's like you know we we, we don't need your guest house we go to martha's vineyard all the time we have, we, friends we have plenty there. of friends there yeah. yeah he was insulted that well, we can't stay in the great larry david's guest house uh <laughs> and so now mike is offended because Larry brought up Martha's Vineyard. So it seems like he's not fixing the car because they're driving home and the car is still busted and making that horrible rhythmic noise. And uh, it sounds awful. Uh, out on the street, uh, Larry is, I guess, my guess is this maybe is the, en- is this the entrance to Jeff's office? I don't think it I'm actually thinking is. thinking so. Yeah. Because this is the same doorway and it's the same homeless man from the beginning of the episode when Larry's walking in with Jeff. Yeah, yeah, and they go. The next scene is not in Jeff's it's office. Not, it's in that. Yeah. It's not. 
Um, Which is it, very weird. Yeah, but I'm guessing I don't think they were going into Lone Wolf cigars and accessories. Uh, they're, they're they're going into the, the next door shop, Lone Wolf Armory, <laughs> Lone Wolf Firearms, uh, and Manifesto materials. Uh, so he, it's the same homeless guy, and he asks him about, "Hey, you ever go to that shelter, the one that the caterer supposedly drops the food off of?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Do they ever serve anything like chicken larange or tuna tartare?" Is that what he said too? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the guy's like, "No, it's it's soup and sometimes peanut butter." So Larry no, <laughs> now knows that the caterer is definitely full of shit. And he asks if the homeless guy wants the chicken larange and uh, some other seafood medley or something like that. And the guy does. And so he gives it to him. And now people will remember that this is the same guy thanking Larry for the chicken larange that he supposedly gave him in the bracelet, which I think was episode yeah, this four. Was, yeah, this was uh, weird. We got a, uh, a Clerks animated series uh, yeah. goof. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, where we saw it happen. The guy just knew it's some like, you know, he has special superpowers where he can see the future and he will get the chicken larange at some point. So, yeah, this is this is where it's happening. And then the bracelet was supposed to happen afterwards. So uh, later on, uh, the last little bit is uh, Cheryl and Larry in the car at, uh, you know, leaving a restaurant or something like that. And and Larry uh, once again brings up that, you know, Cheryl lost a bet. And so Cheryl starts to make good on the bet and that's when frolic starts up which i was kind of shocked that this was pardon the pun ted a very happy ending <laughs> i mean <laughs> when <laughs> when i saw and i didn't i didn't like it when i saw that they, i was like oh boy they're in a car i really thought wouldn't this have been a great time for the amco commercial to play again and have something happen with that oh uh, like, yeah you yeah. know where, where cheryl like freaks out and and you know, because she thinks she hears someone honking at her, giving him roadhead or something, you know? Like, I think that would have been a pretty great little button on the episode, but I think a totally missed opportunity. Because I like when... Because Frolic shouldn't play when Larry... When something good is happening to Larry. Frolic should happen when Larry is getting his... Again, pardon the pun, comeuppance. I'm sorry. I, that one I didn't Aww, mean to do. Tim. I thought Tim. about happy ending earlier, I'll admit, but comeuppance was, was totally just uh, off the cuff. Um so i don't know i i didn't like the ending but uh as far as everything else goes i thought this was a great episode <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny yeah. yeah i uh i i i liked it enough yeah um i don't know if it'll get a star from me or not i think because we're getting so close to the end of the episode i'm gonna star this one and, and maybe put my famous low underneath the star <laughs> but i was thinking about it i was like man we only have like four episodes left so i mean even yeah. if we're just doing a top three i gotta start getting to work here so yeah. i enjoyed it enough that i only have one other starred episode that i'm gonna put a star in and if we see two more episodes that will bump it off that'll be totally fine with me but it was a really enjoyable episode i mean we got great performances from mike haggerty we got uh the boring guy from covina i thought was great um and just lots of good laughs through the whole thing well, speaking about uh, things we got in the episode, what do we got for homework this week? Uh, I just wrote down Amco and their commercials specifically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? Hmm. Maybe Larry and Jeff driving the uh, driving the Chevy. Okay. I, I I like that one with a uh, maybe Larry driving and yelling back at the yeah. guy behind yeah, you him. Yeah, you have him him turned around in that scene. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had, a radio commercial causes Larry to crash Jeff's beloved car during a test drive. So it, it's kind of backwards, because yeah. Larry doesn't crash. Yeah, and it's all, I mean, test drive, I, I take a little bit of issue with as well. 
I mean, is Larry really test driving the car? Like, Jeff already owns it. It's yeah. not. A, a test drive is something you do before you buy a vehicle. I would say, I mean, I would even categorize this as a joyride. Well, I don't know. Maybe you have to steal the car in order to to have an actual joyride. <laughs> but it's it's definitely a pleasure ride. <laughs> but I don't, not that I want to put pleasure ride into it. But I would just maybe just take test out of it and just say drive. So uh, during a drive, a radio commercial... This may this may be just a jumping off phrase, but a radio commercial causes Jeff's new car to get wrecked. How can we make that better? Or do you have something totally different? Because because of a radio commercial, Larry gets into an accident with Jeff's new car. Because he could does. Say Larry causes an accident. Yeah, I like that. Larry yeah. causes an causes an accident with Jeff's new convertible. Yeah, because of a radio commercial, Larry causes a. Causes an accident with Jeff's new convertible. We can say new yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. Either one of those is okay. fine. So I think we, I think we did it. <laughs> okay. I, I right. don't like. I don't know if I like accident. Still, I don't know what. I, but not. But collision is not too much better. I don't know. Um, I always think back to you've seen Hot Fuzz, right? Like part a million of years it. ago. One of the um, yeah. okay. One of the lines that I love. He keeps on like correcting everybody in there um, and talking about the new police terminology and he was like we don't say the word traffic we don't call it an accident he was like an accident implies there's nobody at fault or something like that <laughs> um so i i just look at that and, and i'm like yeah there's because so they they call it a collision he's like we call it a collision or something like that and so um there is somebody at fault and and you could you could argue it's larry or the other guy but accident i guess is fine everyone people know what that means out of the legal context mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm fine with it all right. Well, next week, we've got Season 1, Episode 8, Beloved Ant. Original air date, December 3rd, 2000. And if you're looking at TV Guy that night, you are going to see Larry's offer to help with Cheryl's recently deceased aunt's obituary results in a shockingly profane misspelling. Boy, I wonder what it's going to be. Uh, so you, it, it's just given away completely by the synopsis in the title? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I had no idea this episode because this is. I think this is going to be a great one. I'm I'm predicting a star already just because this episode has stuck with me, and maybe it's that jar, the just the jarring nature of that word, you know, has just causes it to be stuck in your brain in some way. But I think this episode is going to be pretty funny. <laughs> okay, um, and it's one of the ones that I remember that I can't believe was season one. I'm like, God, I guess I watched this when it was on the first time. Because <laughs> um, it, I, I can't believe how early it's coming in the run of the series. So, yeah, um, yeah, awesome. Okay, so is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. <laughs> <laughs>